podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. I'm here at Villa Park with Ty Bracey, Steve from Villa Analytics and Simon Lyon to preview the 22-23 season for Aston Villa Football Club. Been a busy summer for Villa, although we did get a lot of our business done early, so it has felt quieter in the last few weeks. We're going to go through what we make of Villa's transfer business, how we see us setting up in the new season, and all our hopes and fears. Right then, boys, we're at Villa Park. Season, well, season's two weeks away, but I think we're three weeks away from being back here at Villa Park. The pitch is looking absolutely resplendent. Steve, how excited are you for, for the new season? What do you make of Villa's business so far? Yeah, I mean... I feel like we've plugged a lot of the gaps in the squad. We've made pretty targeted recruitment. And I think for the first time going into a season, we're not, there's not obvious positions that yeah. we'd be looking to fill. Um, and I think it's quite an exciting one. It's exciting to see what Neil Critchley is going to do working with Stephen Gerrard. Um, and yeah, pretty positive all round. Ty, I guess because Villa did so much business early, it actually feels like it's been quite quiet over the last month or so. But really, you'd prefer that precision, wouldn't you? Because you want all your players there for pre-season and Villa by and large have had that. Yeah, I think I think that was very important. We had, we've had a lot of shake up in the last twelve months, a lot of change. You know, a change of manager, um, losing big assets in the club too. So it, it was one of those things where I think it was important to get our business done early. I thought we may have done more in the window than we've done, but I thought I, I genuinely thought that that would be based on how many outgoings there were, and the outgoings have been a little bit quieter than quieter than I would expect. So, but yeah, happy with the business we've done so far, mate. Yeah, the squad size is obviously a little bit too big at the moment. I think we wouldn't be able to register some players if we had to name that 25-man squad now. But Simon, Steve mentioned it briefly. Last summer felt pretty chaotic. There was a lot going on. Obviously, we had the Jack Grealish saga, whereas we've been able to act with a bit more precision this, this time round and everything just feels in a, in a more settled place. Yeah, it does. I think, as, as you said, last season, was it was chaotic, wasn't it? You know, Grealish rumbled on for the for the whole summer and so... It's been nice to have a settled summer, you know, getting continuing early, getting Carlos in fairly early and Kamara in announced the day after the Man City game. And so, yeah, it's, it's been positive overall. I still think there's probably a little bit left to do, possibly. Um, but, I mean, we've still got a good what, six, seven weeks left of, of the transfer window. So I still expect people to, to move out and some, possibly one or two more to come in. But overall, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly pleased with it, yeah. Because yeah, I think if the season was to start now, which obviously it will do very mm. soon, I'd be quite happy... With, with how the squad is I, d- I don't think there's too much that, that needs doing I think we're not far away from being a good team but I think the message coming from Villa is they'll only do something if there's someone better than what we've got that comes available if that player doesn't come they're not going to buy for the sake of it which I'd probably agree with Yeah, he, he, whoever comes in has to be better than what we've got um, I know people have talked about getting uh, more strikers in but they've got to be better than Watkins and Ings and what's that going to cost you know it's going to yeah. cost 40, 50, 60 million and realistically are the club going to spend that when they've got Ings, uh, Watkins and then obviously Archer I'm sure we'll come on to but yeah I've, 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 I think I'm the same as you I think if the season started today I think I'd be fairly pleased with how we're lining up It's all well and good tie saying that you, you need a striker or that you'd like a striker but it's not easy to go and get one and Ings and Watkins are £60 million worth of striker that, that Villa have got Got goalkeepers used to be well it still is where you need a goalkeeper to move to create that domino effect and strikers is getting a little bit like that now because yeah. everyone plays with one up front it takes one striker moving to create that domino effect and if Villa can't get anyone better than Ings or Watkins in it'd be stupid to buy another striker because you've, you've got Archer who you can integrate in and who can play some football this season yeah definitely I think if you look at Danny Ings in the past his, his first season at uh, Southampton was quiet and then his second season he was you know he had an incredible season it's it's very easy to be impatient when we've been patient for so long. It's it, I feel like it is very easy for us to get quite frustrated because we've had such a tough time over the last 15, 10, 15 years of football um, at Villa. So now we're in a position where we've got the owners, we've got the structure, we've got the manager, and now it's time we really need to start pushing on and seeing results. So that has to obviously come from goals. So we just need to see that Watkins and Ings can do it together. Yeah, it's Steve. I mean, people will look at the fact that we haven't bought in anyone, anyone recently, but like we said already, the squad's in, in a pretty healthy and decent place. I don't like saying it because I hate saying oh, it's going to be like a new signing having such and such, but like Leon Bailey, for example, didn't have a pre-season at Villa last season, just came in, struggled with injuries the entire campaign. He's had a decent pre-season so far. Even someone like Coutinho 
didn't really get much of a, a chance at Barca last season, didn't really have a great pre-season with them either. So having those higher-level players that we've got that, that have now had a pre-season under Gerrard at Villa, that's going to be massive. Not going to be like a new signing, but it's going to be a boost and we'll probably see different players coming into August. Yeah, I, I think with Bailey, it, it almost could feel like a new signing. The fact that he really never got a consistent run of, of fixtures in the team just because of his injury problems and all of that. Um, and I think with his pace, the way he plays in behind, it will seriously change the way we play. And it'll be more exciting and we'll have that extra outlet on top of Ollie Watkins um, to you know provide goals in the team. Um, and I think, especially with the fact that we've done our business quite a bit earlier than we typically do, it gives that full squad the uh, pre-season together to gel, which we might have in past seasons seen over the first few games of the season. Whereas I think we can be game week one straight away. Everyone's played with each other. Everyone knows each other and ready to go. Yeah, but you were at Warsaw, Simon. Yeah. Bailey, so you'd have seen Bailey in the flesh in that yeah. game. Obviously, he got us off the mark for, for pre-season. Mm. Did he look different? I know it was the first game of pre-season, but we never really saw enough of him last season. I think he looks fitter. I think, I mean, to be honest with you, he looks fitter and you can tell what you know, a full pre-season is having for him. I think he came in quite late in the summer last year. He, he struggled with injuries for the whole season, pretty much. And he looked, he just looks fitter. He looked really fit against Warsaw, um, really made the difference. And so then in, in the couple of games in Australia, he's looked quite sharp as well. Um, so it's a big season for Bailey, let's be honest. We paid good money for him um, and he's had quite a lot of injuries. And so it's, it is a really big season for for his career and also for us. And I think, as you said, we've, we bought a player who was, he was on fire for Leverkusen. Yeah. So... He could be a really big player for us, and also it can change the dynamics of how we play as well. You know, he's that one player that's got that sort of blistering pace, and we don't have lots of pace within the team, and so he could be that one player that that we do really sort of rely on. Yeah, I think you know I've said this a lot when Villa have signed players recently, but really at that time Villa had no right to pull Leon Bailey in Tyford from Leverkusen because his stats were up there with the Bayern Munich wingers at the times in, in terms of goal and assists out. Yeah. People, a lot of fans would have probably said in the summer, I just just let him go, write him off, but. Not in a position to do that really because you spend 30 million plus on a player, you're never getting that back after the season he's had. If you loan him out, you're probably paying a massive proportion of his wages. So it's the right thing to keep him here, and he's a top level player that if Villa can get the best out of him, he's a game changer. Yeah, it, I think it again comes down to patience, and it's very hard to, when you're spending that type of money, to have patience, especially in the Premier League. It's such an intense league. The, the thing is, if, if Leon Bailey for the rest of his days if he's going to go on to a bigger club in the future he's got to prove himself at this level you know it's one thing doing it at Leverkusen but you've got to do it at a higher level than that to, to really get into those world class teams so he, he he definitely has shown hunger in pre-season probably a hunger that we probably haven't seen from him so far and he's just been unlucky with injuries so I think now is a perfect time he's found his fitness he's found a bit of confidence and there's a lot of place to fight for in that in the attacking build of, of Villa. There's a lot of attacking players, so he's going to have to work hard if he's going to get into that starting eleven. Yeah, that front three will probably be quite fluid. If I was to name Villa's best front three now, Steve, I, I don't think there is one. I think mm. the shirts are, are there for grabs, aren't they? I think maybe some games you'll see. I was speaking to Tails yesterday, and he was saying some, some games you still will see Watkins and Ings playing together with Coutinho or Brende behind, but... You know, other games, it will be one of them and you'll have Bailey, Buendia or Coutinho, Buendia. There's good options there now, which hasn't always been the case with Villa in front positions, particularly since we returned to the Premier League. Yeah, I, I really do think that's the case in that our selection dilemmas have changed for the better in terms of it's not who do we have to play here, it's who's going to win that shirt. Um, I think there's no reason as well why you might see all four of Coutinho, Buendia, Bailey um, and Watkins together uh, in you know, a slightly different shape at times. Yeah. And I, I also think we might see a little bit of Leon Bailey at striker, which we've seen a bit in pre-season, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, as you say, the fact that they are going to be fine for that shirt week in, week out will drive each other's performances, push everyone to become the best version of themselves on the pitch and off it. Um, and I think we'll, we'll see the raw to that. Yeah, I think the, the big thing, you know, the big area that Villa needed to address time was that defensive midfield position. It's, it's been a problem for years. There's been no real upgrade to that midfield since Villa returned to the Premier League. Yeah. Finally, it looks like we've got a player in to play that position and to play it to, to a high standard because Kamara's a, a Champions League player. He, he could have got a Champions League move quite comfortably. He does look the real deal. I know it's only pre-season, but if you watch his clips from Marseille, and he's obviously a France international as well, yeah. he's the real deal, but... Not only is he the real deal, but he will enable more freedom to those around him and you'll see a better, more fluid Villa going forward because they've got that defensive platform now. 
Yeah. And I think not just the ball winning side of things, I don't think that's the important part. I think one thing from watching Villa, especially at home when you see it in the flesh throughout a season, is our ball distribution from the back, you know, the, the pressure that we welcome and the long balls. It's not something that's been working too great when we're playing out from the back. So I think within him and Diego Carlos in particular, Diego Carlos's statistics, there's some st- statistics that state his long ball passing of stretching a ball out from the back. Yeah, just, he's looked good in process in doing absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that was probably one of the key attributes of what, why we've got those two players because how they are with the ball is really important in those areas of where we look like we need to have some work. But what we've seen of Kamara in pre-season, I, I, I couldn't ask for more. I think 22 years old cost us nothing. Huge, exactly. huge uh, future in, ahead of him with the World Cup round the corner as well. He's got a point to prove to everybody. So, you know, it, it works both ways. He'll want to do it for himself and want to do it for his new club. He's not necessarily that stereotypical defensive midfielder, is he, Simon? Because he's not really a nasty ball-winning player. He wins the ball by his positional sense and his anticipation and putting himself in the right place. But he, also, his distribution is very good as well. He probably offers a little bit of Nakamba and a, and a little bit of Louise, which is, which is what we've missed and we've kind of needed those two to combine on occasion since we've been back in the Premier League. But having a France international playing defensive midfield for Villa, someone, you know, he's, he's getting football for them as well. It's not like he's in there to, to make up the numbers. A player who's highly sought after, he plugs a massive hole yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got a bit of everything, hasn't he? He can play number six, he can play number eight, he's got that bit of steel about him. Yeah. And as Ty says, he's got that ball recycling, which we haven't had. I think, as, as Ty mentioned, you watch it, you you know, like last season, you have Mings and Kanza sort of looking for someone to, to show for the ball in midfield. And then, and, then, and then it doesn't come, and then the ball gets punted up the field, and then the fans get frustrated, we've lost the ball, and the ball keeps coming back. And so, I think for us to attract someone who clearly is Champions League sort of standard um, on a free transfer, yeah, he'd be on big wages, but who isn't? Um, but what a real coup for Villa and I think it shows that the sort of pull that Steven Gerrard's got it shows the pull that the club's got um, and so it is positive and it'll, you know, hopefully it'll entice more, more sort of players of that sort of calibre to, to, you know, to, to come down now It's an ambitious signing as well isn't it again really Villa have got no right to pull in someone like that finishing 14th in the Premier League but the ambition of the owners the ambition of Christian Perslow and Steven Gerrard to pull like you say they've managed to do it midfield players for example they want to come and play under Steven Gerrard. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, having Gerrard as, as your mentor for any sort of midfielder must be must be the best thing in the world. I look, I look to like Jacob Ramsey from last season, how he came on when Gerrard came in, and yeah, took to, it away. Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? And to have that sort of arm around your shoulder from you know one of the one of the greatest midfielders of all time. I mean. It's, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? But I, I think you're right. It's the ambition of the club. It's the ambition of the club to go out there and say, let's try and bring these these types of players in. And yeah, sometimes it, it won't come off, and that's probably what some fans obviously don't see behind the scenes. But um, yeah, it's the ambition of the club's there, and I think I think Kamara um, is, is is a great signing, and I think he'll really be pivotal to how how Villa do this season. It completely changed the way that Villa will play. So so will Diego Carlos probably because again, it's another gap that Villa needed filling. So. They needed a bit of nastiness and a bit of edge in there, and I think a bit of stature as well. Villa's such a small side. You watch when, when Villa go forward for set pieces, and you just always feel like the other teams are bigger. Diego Carlos is, is a man mountain, and again, an elite level defender, play, played at the highest level for, for a long time. Another massive coup for Villa. Yeah, I, I, I do think, as you've been saying, um, Kamara and Carlos will completely transform the way we play. They give us that extra dimension in playing out of the back, where I think. In, past few years we've maybe been a bit too reliant on long balls which when it's not coming off really doesn't come off especially if we're maybe lacking a bit of height in our front three and I, I think that new style of play will really suit the players that we have you know the likes of Jacob Ramsey, Emi Buendia and Coutinho they like to receive the ball to their feet and play quickly passable move between each other and having Carlos and Kamara in there progressing the ball from the back enables that um, so I, I think that shift in focus will be something that we re- will really see and it's something that we saw with Gerrard's Rangers that he'll be looking to implement now with Villa Yeah, it's a little thing as well Ty but he can also you know, he can operate comfortably as a right centre-back and he's played most of his football as a left centre-back at Sevilla so there's suddenly a bit of a, it's competition in that centre-half now because don't forget Callum Chambers as well who came in in January he's been a really good signing for, for min- minimal fee I don't think it even cost any money actually Callum Chambers you know He's got every right to think that he should be starting the season at the moment. So suddenly there's a, there's a massive element of competition in the central defence, which, again, that should be something that improves us having that competition. 
to be fair, just going through my head while you two were talking, I was thinking, I think if we all sat here and gave an 11, I don't think any would look the same. And that's a oh, nice... Posi- we'll do that at the end, mate. Th- but th- th- that's a nice position yeah. to be in, that we're in a position where you're looking at a team sheet an hour before kick-off and you don't know what to expect because no places. I'd probably say excluding your left-back and your right-back and your goalkeeper and maybe your options up front. The centre-backs and the middle of the field can be such a combination of things. There's just a lot of depth within those areas now. So I think competition is for five subs coming in mainly, but competition for places is a good thing. It really is a good thing. And if people are sticking around and want to fight for the places and fight for the badge, that's really what's important to get the most out of the players and just get the best out of everybody. So I'm... It's a good problem to have too many options. Yeah, because that's what we haven't had really, Simon. We haven't, we haven't had those options where you've been able to pull in top top level players to come in and compete. But again, just using that centre back area as an example. I mean, Courtney Hawes is still here, yeah, as, as well at the moment. There's five very good centre backs there for Villa. Yeah, and that's it's, I think back to like the, the the season during COVID in lockdown where we had a decent. It was a good eleven, but then past the eleven, you were sort of struggling. You know, on the bench, there wasn't that sort of quality to bring you off the bench, but. You look at Villa now and you look at in, in the defensive unit, like, like we've just said, and, and up front, and everybody in midfield, we, we've got so much competition for places and it can only, it can only be a really, a really positive thing for Villa. And, uh, and I think every, you, know, you won't see the same starting eleven every single, every single week. It, it, different players will, will be used for different sort of games and I think it keeps the opposition guessing a little bit. It keeps us guessing as well, but um, it definitely keeps the opposition guessing. And uh, to have those types of options, so many different types of players, it will really, really help us going forward. Yeah, I'm sure Villa do this every time I come here and record. Decide that now's the time to test the PA system. I think that's the like third or fourth. Here comes the copyright strike. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this video won't be going anywhere, will it? Who else have we signed? Goalkeeper Olsen. I yeah. mean, he can't. We saw him at the last game of the season at Manchester City. That was a horrible one for him to have to come into. Really, I think he started off nervy and got better maybe yeah. as the game went on. But he, he's looked decent in pre-season so far. He looked a bit nervy against City, but he, he definitely found his feet. You know, well, he's he's probably a bit rusty, a bit of cobwebs. You know, international goalkeeper, backup. I, I can't complain. I really can't complain, especially how he played in that. You know, the last two thirds of that game against Man City, he looked. You know, he looked bang on. And he played really well. So. Again, a nice problem to have that, you know, should Emmy be out, we've got somebody who's capable of doing the job, hasn't got a mistake in them, he's a confident professional who's experienced in the game, and those are things exactly what we need. So, again, it's just good to have that depth there of if anything happens to Emmy, we've got that there, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. just really important. Yeah, I think Neil Cutler's really, really keen on him as well. I think we spoke to him at the player awards, and he. He sounds like he's someone he's a big fan of. So, but again, working with Neil Cutler says my goalkeeper's better as well, doesn't he? Absolutely. Look at the improvement in Emmy yeah. Martinez. He went on his way when he arrived at Villa, but yeah. he's now become Argentina's number one and an elite level goalkeeper. So, you know, defence and goalkeeper, we're looking pretty well stocked. Come to you, Steve. I'm hoping you're going to be able to pronounce his name better than me. But there's a, there's a new left back in town as well to offer competition to Luca Dean. So, Matt targets out the door, but we've got Ludwig. <laughs> Augustinson. Augustinson. <laughs> I nearly got there. Ludwig Augustinson. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Has well done. Has <laughs> come in a left back again. On loan initially. If he does okay, we'll probably sign him permanently next summer. But a low maintenance international backup. Again, you can't really complain. I, th- I think we needed that, a backup left back. Because if Luca mm-hmm. Dane wasn't there, no disrespect to Ashley Young. Okay. <laughs> no, dis- no, no, no disrespect to Ashley Young, but I didn't like having a right footer at left back mm. particular. Yeah, I, I think so, something that people haven't really seen talking about is the fact that there'll be five subs in the Premier League next season. Yeah, so having big. that backup everywhere in the team is something that's going to be really useful to us because it gives us those sort of slightly different options. But I think with Augustinson, he's a very similar profile to Dina in the way yeah, he'll get forward, he'll cross the ball regularly and with quite good quality. Um, and if, if Dina does get injured, I think it's quite an easy swap um, to put him into the team and we wouldn't really have to change our plans around too much if we had to do that. Yeah, so another clever signing for, for a few different reasons as well, Simon, because he's, he's got relationships within the, within the squad already. He obviously knows Olsen, international teammates. He will have played with Diego Carlos at Sevilla as well. So, you know, that kind of feels like there's little relationships building in the squad as well. You've got the South American con- contingent in there as well. You've got the academy players coming through and all know each other. It feels like the way we're building the squad, it's all amalgamating quite nicely. Yeah, and I think that's key, isn't it? I think building relationships is absolutely massive. You can sign all the all the top players you want, but unless they gel, that you know you won't perform as a team. Um, 
I think it makes sense that this deal, as you said, it's low risk. It's on a loan for the season. I think when you look back at last year when Dini came in, I mean, Dini's been brilliant for us, but you look back and you did pick up those sort of few knocks and then you were relying on Ashley Young and no disrespect to Ashley Young, but you know it's, it's, it's sort of a big difference between Dini and Ashley Young. Um, and so th- there was times, uh, I think, in the second half of last season when I was a little bit worried that, that, that we did let Target go on loan. And I understand that he wanted first-team football and that's why he went to Newcastle, but I think we struggled when Dini did you know move out of the team when Young came in uh, somewhat and so to have somebody who plays for, plays for Sweden at international level and um, he's still on the right side of 30 and, 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 yeah. and to compete with Dean you're on a really low sort of cost and low risk deal um, again it can only it can only be positive and from what I saw in the first in the, the open pre-season game he looked fairly solid I know you can't really judge it was against a team which is probably not great standard but um, yeah I think he'll provide that healthy competition and um, and it's and it's key that we try and get two players for every position in the team and it seems like that's what we that, that, that's what we are heading towards and, and that's what we're trying to do yeah and Steve mentioned the five subs thing you know Ashley Young's rejoined again I'm, I say rejoined didn't really leave did he just didn't sign the contract until the day they came back for, for pre-season yeah. but Villa obviously were keen to have him stay around because we're not the oldest side in, in the world there's not loads of experience in, in that Villa squad so having Ashley Young there and again as Steve mentioned the five subs He's someone who you envisage, and we're not really sure what's going to go on with right-backs at the moment, we'll come on to that, but he's someone who you envisage will be on that bench every single week. And if you need someone to come in and see a game out, he might come on and play in the front three and just try and see a game out with work rate. He might fill in at the back, he might fill in in central midfield like he did at times last season. But having that versatile player with the, with the five subs, again, he's a critical part of the dressing room, I think, Ashley Young. Yeah, I think that's a massive part of it as well, is... The, the things we don't see, you know, that we see beyond the, a camera or on the pitch, it's his history at Villa, his history of winning, you know, his, his mentality, he's got that winning mentality. I think he came from winning with Inter Milan uh, yeah, with the to, to, to then come to us, you know. So he's got that winning mentality within everything he does within football. So to have that attribute from somebody, that winning mentality of being around players who are winners and winning things... It's nice to instill that confidence in the players and especially the younger group. So to have that influence around the pitch and on uh, at Bodymore as well is, is an essential part of what we need. And staying with you, Ty, I mean, it almost gets forgotten. We signed Philip Coutinho on a permanent deal in May. We, we got him for 17 or around £17 million in the end. He's took a pay cut to be here. So, you know, he's coming to Villa wanting to be an Aston Villa player. And I think the club have done well with that because... There was a fee that was agreed that was a lot higher than seventeen million with Barca, but Villa have come along and said, oh, "We don't, we don't want to pay that. We'll, we'll pay you this." Barca obviously got their own financial issues at the moment, and, and Villa have managed to get him for, for a snip. Really, faded a bit towards the end of the season, Coutinho. But as yeah. I mentioned earlier, with that pre-season, he's a maverick player, a player that other players will really, really want to play with. He'll, he'll make those around him better. Even just getting him through the door is still a massive thing that kind of gets overlooked. I think we were all a little bit scared that he was just going to, you know, it's typical Aston Villa, don't fall in love with a loan player. It's kind of an unwritten rule as a Villa fan, isn't it, to not get attached to the loan players. So I tried. When he came on against Man United, his first game, it, I fell in love with him straight away. It was one of those things. He got, he brought that magic that we knew, and we knew that that player was in there. So when he brought that to the team, it, it was everything that we needed. So he's the difference as well. And, and, and Wendy has... There's going to be a good battle for places in there between the two. Um, I couldn't ask for more from in terms of a calibre of player who's the third highest transfer signing of all time. I think it's still the case. I know there's a lot of money flowing around now in football. Um, But the the third highest transfer fee in the history of football. Um, And he plays for Aston Villa. It's crazy. I think he's getting to that point in his career where... He's not getting on, that, that, that player's still there, but he's getting to the later parts of his career. So he fancied a new challenge. He's played football at the highest level, played for the best teams in the world. Whatever he did. What left have you got to achieve? So maybe the World Cup's on the cards. He'll want to be playing in the World Cup as well, and I think that's massively important for him as well. And not playing for Barcelona, there's a chance you could get overlooked. You've got to show that you're still capable, especially in the World Cup. There's always a lot of pressure on Brazil to perform in the World Cup, especially because of their history. It's one of those things that the, the, the Brazilians expect the best. So we, we've seen what he's been doing at Brazil as well. So I'm, I'm just excited for a season of good, tactical, skillful football. That's what I'm looking forward to. It's just a brain game and someone who's 
knowledge of the game and how they play ball. He's so unique in everything he does on that pitch compared to everybody else that it's just so refreshing to watch. So an entire season or two, or even three of that with, well, yeah, with him at Villa, I, I'm just really excited. It's it's magical to watch. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he's Brazil. He starts Brazil most times, if I'm not mistaken, you know. Going to be the, he's going to be the first name on the team sheet for, for Villa. And I, I was fine with Villa fans. When someone's not in the team, they become better. So when Brendaire wasn't in the team, I'm not, I'm not slagging Brendaire off at all, but it was almost like he was the second coming of Jesus, of, of how good he was the way Villa fans spoke about him on social media. But this is Philip Coutinho. You know, if you would have sat here last year, during, this time last year, during the season preview, we'd have said absolutely no chance with Villa or Philip Coutinho playing for them in a year's time, wouldn't we? But again, probably Steven Gerrard. He wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Gerrard. I feel like... It's the great dilemma for Gerard next season is how you work Wendy into the team, how you work Coutinho into the team, which one plays or both. Um, and I think the best solution will probably be to find a way to get both playing in the same team. You know, as Ty says, it's World Cup year. Both of them are on the verge of their respective national squads, mm. both of which are squads which are going to have a chance of winning the World Cup. So they're going to have serious motivation to get into those squads. And to do that, they need to be playing in the Villa team. I think I'm a massive, massive fan of Buendia. Uh, when he was at Norwich, the season they went down, he had more expected assists than Jack Grealish at Villa, um, which really shows you what he can do as a creator. Last season, per 90 minutes, he had the most chances created of any player outside the top six clubs. And I don't think it's fair to write off Buendia just because Coutinho's there. I think Coutinho, obviously, is a massive, massive player. And as you say, without Gerard, I don't think we would have seen him come anywhere near the club. Probably hadn't heard of Aston Villa other than from scoring against us before that. But I, I really think if we can find a way to get the two of them playing with each other in the same team in a fast, free-flowing style of play, I think that's how we're going to get the best out of Aston Villa this season. Because I suppose that's what Gerard he wanted to do that last season, didn't he? We played a lot of games in those two number 10s playing off the striker and it never really came together. But as I mentioned earlier, having Kamara in the DM position now, that might allow for the two number 10s to work better, Simon. Yeah, I think a lot of our issues have come from from in the centre of the park. To be honest with you, I think a lot all round, probably defensively yeah, as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, there was a lot of pressure on on the defenders because we hadn't got that sort of uh, n- number six in, in Kamara, and then I think probably the 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 attackers used to have to do a, a lot more defending as well, and so. I think I feel like this season might might be the opportunity for Brendan and Coutinho to start together. I, I, I can't see it happening all the time. I think the, I think the team will be rotate rotated, um, and I think the good thing is with Coutinho and Brendan, they've got so so such individual skill sets as well that that you you can leave one out and bring the other one in. I, I think back to the Burnley away game at the end of end of last season when Coutinho was actually on the bench and Brendan played that game and he created he created and he uh, he scored one. Yeah, um, and so I've. I feel like Villa are in a really privileged position. We've got Coutinho, and it was on Villa's. We signed Coutinho on Villa's terms. It was for yeah, a, a cut down price, and he 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 took a massive wage cut as well to join us. And so it was a massive statement signed from Villa. And I think because we had him on loan, it just felt like oh okay, yeah, we signed Coutinho. But if we had imagine we hadn't signed him on loan in the first place, how big a signing that that would have been for this summer. And so yeah, I think Villa is stacked with options, um, and I think you know we're talking about a dilemma between do you, do you play Coutinho or Brendan, or do you play both of them? It's I think it's a dilemma that any club in the league would probably like to have because football is becoming more about starters and finishers. I think Gareth Southgate spoke about that quite heavily in, in the last Euros. So you know, it's, it's almost like it becomes a problem at times in in some ways having having too many players or fighting for a position, but. In reality, it isn't because you, you need options to come on and, ch- and change the game. If you can bring Brendaire on for 30 minutes, Tom, like Simon says that's a privileged position to be in. Um, it's nice to have those options of where... Because the thing is, if from a, an opponent's point of view, if they're looking at the substitutes that we make, they, they analyse everything. They would see that our substitutes and what we change in the game were always the same, always around the same time in the last 10, 20 minutes of the game. So it's nice to have that something isn't working, we can change it and it doesn't always have to be the same change. It was always very frustrating with a substitute coming on. Here we go, we haven't got much talent on the bench or depth that we'd, we'd, we'd like. So to have that now of where we've got that problem, as we call it, it's a great place to be. Yeah, Villa wanted five subs as well, Steve, didn't they? Steve and Gerrard in particular, I think, was very keen on this five subs rule that, that he got over the line and that Villa were one of the main advocates of that. So... It's probably a good thing for those that we've got coming through the academy. I mean, at the time of recording, it doesn't look like we're going to sign a striker, so it looks like Cameron Archer will be here for the season. Kane Kessler-Hayden's 
had a good pre-season. I thought he was our best player in the second half in Australia the other day. Does he stay and, and kick around with, with Matty Cash? Because you'll get football, especially with the five subs, and he could be Villa's answer to Trent Alexander-Arnold because I think he's a good footballer as well. And I, I think if, if you can rotate your full-backs a bit, there's an energetic position. I think it freshens you up. He's, he's something different to Cash, isn't there? Yeah, Kessler's really exciting. I watched quite a bit of MK Dons, especially um, towards the end of their promotion attempt uh, last season. And just the way Kessler plays, he played a bit of winger there, played a bit of uh, wing-back, primarily a full-back and where he's featured for Villa. And that, I think, shows you how talented he is going forward. He's quick, he can carry the ball, he can link up play. And I think there's quite a few in there where, with the five subs available, they can really, really get a chance in the team. But on the other side of that, I would say these players are at crucial stages of their career and they basically want to be playing as much football as possible. And I think especially with Archer, if he's um, realistically playing second fiddle to Watkins at least and probably Danny Ings at this stage, I would say maybe you want to assess how much game time is he really going to get and would the better option be to loan them out to a sort of top-end championship or even lower-end Premier League club? And I know that's something that we haven't really seen at the start of seasons, more in January with the likes of Target and El Ghazi. But I think Villa are now nearing a stage where we have that squad depth that we can actually look to the lower end of the Premier League, loan our players out to, and then they're getting Premier League experience playing more often than they would be able to at Villa. It's tough, isn't it, Simon? Because there is that fine line, there is the balance. But Kessler Heide, for example, he's passed the league two loan with flying colours. He's passed the league one loan with flying colours. So there would be an argument that he has a season playing in the cha- in the championship. We know we've got Gilbert still kicking around. You know, he's not going to be here in, in a year's time. Same for Archer, really. You know, suddenly if Danny Ings gets injured, which, you know, has happened a lot in the, in the 12 months he's been at Villa, you're suddenly, you're there and you, you're going to get football and you're going to get games. So he's a fine balance for deciding what to do with these players. See, I think for me, both of them stay. I think they... Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I feel like they've outgrown their sort of loan stages for me. I think if you look at Archer's situation... I mean, he turned, I think he turned 22 the other day. It was his birthday earlier on this week. He turned 22. And so he's not, he's not, really, he's not really young anymore. He's not 17, 18, where you think, right, he, you know, he needs to bulk up, he needs to go and get his experience, like a Louis Barry sort of thing. I, think, I feel like we know what he can do now. He scored you know, with a pretty decent record for Preston in the Championship. He's and passed so, every test as well, hasn't he? He's passed every yeah, test so far as well. And, it's the, and I sort of feel like it's the same for, 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 for Kane Kessler-Hayden as well. I feel like he's at that point now where you can sort of start bringing him into the first team and utilising him in cup matches and utilising the, the five substitutions off the bench. And I think if you have a look at Villa's right-back position as well with Gilbert, he's got a year left on his contract and being realistic, is Gilbert better than Kane Kessler-Hayden? Does he offer you what he does? And I'm not convinced he does, if I'm being honest. And so for me, if you were going to say, would you get rid of one of them, it, it, would, it, it would be Gilbert because he's going to leave next summer anyway. Mm-hmm. We're not going to offer him a new deal. Um, and so realistically, I'd rather, I think I'd rather bring the young lad, you know, the young lad for him, give him a little bit of game time. Obviously, Cash is our number one right back, but I think I don't think would, I don't think it'll do him any any harm playing what seven eight games uh, sort of, sort of this season coming um, and and competing with Cash and working alongside all these international training with them. I don't think it's going to do them any harm. I think there's certain youngsters, like I say, who definitely aren't ready and they need to, they do have to go out and sort of get that, um, get, get that loan time Aaron and play Ramsey. regularly. Yeah, Aaron Ramsey and, you know, I even think in, in midfield, like Irugbenham and, and, and players like that. But, um, I think for me, Archer and Kessler are the other two which, which stay, which stay without a doubt for me. They're the two really tired that the space for in the squad at the moment. Gilbert does go, you know, Villa could get a little bit of money for Gilbert as it stands because he's done well on his loans in French. Now, Cash is the number one right back, like, like Simon says, but Simon says, um, <laughs> but it's a perfect combination there, isn't it? That established international right back yeah. in, Matt, in Matty Cash, who's at the yeah. top of his game, but then having that academy player that I do think is built and ready to play in the Premier League. Now, maybe not every week, but certainly yeah. built out minutes. There's definitely a cup run in there, absolutely. And Gerard says he wants to go far in the cups as well. Yeah, but. The, in the earlier rounds, I think it will be refreshing to, to, to see, uh, you know, 90 minutes of Kane Kessler-Hayden. I think that's massively important to him as well. But I think he's at that stage where he needs to start learning from the people at the top. And I think that's how he ups his game now. I think getting some game time is going to be massively important. I think the, the issue you might have there with minutes, apart from the Cups, is I don't think Matty Cash missed a minute of the Premier League last season. No. I think he played in every minute of the entire season. 
He's got the World Cup though, hasn't he? We've got that break in the, in the, in the middle. I think yeah, Mike Ashley missed, missed 20 minutes or so. I think Ashley 20 minutes, yeah. came on from in the Watford game, Ashley Young, so he, he didn't miss much football at all. Yeah, okay. So that's a good problem to have again, but there. It's one of those things, it's a, another good problem. All I feel like all I've been talking about this entire thing is we've got good problems to have, and I think that's really something that we've never had before. So I don't think he should go out on loan again, especially if Gilbert's going to go elsewhere. I don't think the right thing to do would be to ship him out. We definitely need that depth there. Ashley Young can obviously play left or right back, but it seems we're bringing Augustinson in that he's going to be the preferred left-back option. If we need that on the right-hand side, we've got Ashley Young as well. So... I would, there wouldn't be a time in a Premier League game if I looked at a team sheet and seen his name starting at right back and thought that, what the hell are we doing? He played against Man City in the FA Cup last year, didn't he? Was it for MK Dimes? That one, he did well, didn't he? Yeah, he did really well. So he's just one of those players I'd be excited to see in a team sheet. Because as you said, he's not just a good defender. He's a very good footballer. He's very good on the ball. He's very skillful and he's very quick. And he's strong as well. That's the thing. So he's showing he can do it in the lower levels as well. So let Let's give him the chance. Let's see what he's got. Let's quickly go through who we think might be out the door then. So I think we can probably all assume Al Garza. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's going to go. Your favourite, Sanson? Sanson. I don't think he goes. Do you not think he goes? No, I don't. I just don't think I he's don't. fancied at all. It's Marmite, isn't it? Where's he going to realistically that now? Now we saw Kamara, you know, Louise is probably... He's not going to play 90 minutes Louise every week. that number eight now, doesn't he? Yeah. So where, there's not... I don't see... Any games for Samson, really? I think he's, as we've said, with the five subs, I think who who is your preferred, you know, who, who are you going to start with week in, week out? But legs are easy to... Tired legs are a thing in the centre of midfield quite frequently, so you need a change in the middle of the field more often than not. I don't think he's in our 20-man squad at the moment, 20-match 20 day squad. I don't no. think Samson's in there. Do you not? Not because I think he's terrible or anything, I just don't think he's fancied. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's never had a, a consistent A similar run. thing with Gilbert, isn't it? It's a, yeah. It's unfortunate, but obviously they see the things that we don't see, so who are we to judge? Because we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't see them in training five or six days a week, potentially out of the door, yeah. yeah. I think with Sanson, for me, is that... I, don't, I, I know he hasn't had, I know, <laughs> I know he hasn't had a run of games, but I feel like when he, when he has played, he hasn't quite grasped the opportunity, though, when, even in pre-season. I mean, I saw some people say he played really well at Warsaw, and it's funny when you're watching uh, football, because like, I, I had totally the opposite opinion. I thought, I thought he was, he was okay. I though. thought he was, he was more just playing average. And so, for me, you're looking at, in pre-season, you're looking at, come on then, step up now and show us why you need to be in this team. And I think if you look at the players, we've got Louise, McGinn, Ramsey, Kamara, Nakamba, and you think... And we'd probably like another number yeah, eight. another number eight. Is he really going get, to get in ahead of them? And... Um, I just I don't think the, the moves worked out. I think he's had a lot of injury problems. Um, it, it just hasn't worked out for me. And I think for the sake of his own career as well, I think he probably needs to go out and get game time. To be honest, yeah. whether that's whether that's a loan deal, it probably will be a loan deal. Back to France. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought mm. that we will probably recoup much money for him. And so I would think it will probably be a loan deal. But I think for his for his best interest, and I think and I think for Villas, if I'm being honest, I, I think I would I think I would try try and let him go on loan. Yeah, yeah if, if another midfielder comes in. Yeah. which I think might be the only position that we strengthen now mm. heading into the into the latter stages of the window I think number eight is Gerard spoke about number eight hasn't he like in another option there so if that happens Sanson will be out of the door Traore a few floaty rumours about Traore going around he's one of them ones where we're not going to recoup what we absolutely not for him, no. so I feel like you may as well keep him around because I make him one of the, would he be one of six or seven for the front three positions then Traore he either makes you go hoo hoo or for, oh, yeah, he's, got oh. no middle, he's got no middle ground I there think, so. is no in between of consistency it's either an absolute stinker or some moment of magic um, which is great in football but not when you're playing terrible football and you're having a, 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 a poor run of he results he had a shot the other day in that friendly he came onto his <laughs> right foot exactly he, right he sold football he did just straight to the crowd and I sat there and thought I could have done that. No, I literally, I could have done the exact. The I've, exact I've seen same you thing. play football, yeah. Dan. Let's say you, you couldn't. Have I could done. have just sawed the volley into the into, into the crowd, hundred percent. But he's just that frustrating player, isn't he? Gerald kind of gave him a little bit of an opportunity, didn't he? At the end of the season against Burnley, came on Nick Pope, To be fair, made an unbelievable yeah. save from him. But I think he probably stays by default. I think I worry about it. the thing with Troyore. I worry about is that where is he going to find the the momentum from is he's not going to play that six seven eight games in you know on, on the bounce that players that have been injured for a long time probably need to I mean he was out for nearly the whole of last season he only played a handful of times last year and it's because of his, his injury record and so 
is he going to get that run in the team? He and did score seven goals in the season yeah, before, you know, which is a good record. He, yeah, he did, but he was a regular. That, that's the problem. And is he, is he going to get that regular game time this season? The problem is, what's he going to offer if he doesn't get the regular game time? And so, but again, it's about recouping the money. We're not going to recoup the money. And so if he goes anywhere, it'll pro- again, it'll probably be a loan deal. And then you have to say, is that really worth it? I mean, he's something different, I suppose. He's, a bit, he's that sort of maverick type player and um, he's got a little bit of pace, I suppose, uh, compared to some of the other players. And so... Yeah, I think it's a toss. I think if he said to me, would he stay or would he go? I think, it's, I think it's a tosser then. <laughs> no, 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 not quite, not quite. But um, I, I don't know, I, I'm not sure. I, I think I'm a bit indifferent about it. I think if he stays, I'm not too fussed. But um, I could also see him go out alone somewhere. He, he struggled with the intensity, didn't he, a little bit yeah. when he first started? Cause it's a, it's a, for a winger, being a winger or wing-back in the Premier League is probably one of the hardest jobs in, in football, I would say, in terms of a player on the pitch. It's a really, really... There's a lot of fitness that goes into that. So there was times when he first came in where it was frustrating because it's like, get back, get back, you know, and it's it's a frustration. It, it really is. I think you can always predict what he's going to do there as well. Yeah, he's, he's very one-trick He's got one leg. Yeah, yeah. Cuts back in on the same foot all the time and... Yeah, and I think that, that is that is the problem. But again, I don't think we're going to recoup the money, so we're probably going to have to try and utilise him in some sort of way. I think he probably just about stays. Just about. Because yeah. there's six or seven mm-hmm. vying for that front three yeah. position then we, with him. So I think he probably, El Ghazi will be the one that, yeah. that probably goes there. But other than that, really, outgoings, I don't really see any. It'll just be like youngsters, won't it? It'll be Loans. like, again, it'll be the conversation we've already talked about Archer and uh, Kesler Hayden, but then there's the people like Irugbenham and Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey will definitely go out and get a loan mm. spell. And I think, I think there's players like that. Ben Crescena. Ben, ben Crescena, yeah, exactly. And I think with Augustinson coming in, he'll definitely get a loan move as well. Yeah. Um, so apart from like the youngsters, I don't see, I probably don't see a lot else going on in terms of how it goes. No. Let's look at then concerns going into the new season. Because to be fair, we've done that thing again where we've, we've talked about it all very positively as if everything, everything's rosy. And to be fair, I feel like it is, but then I do kind of feel like we've thought that the last, the last few summers and then it's not all gone. It didn't all go great last season. Obviously, we changed the manager. But is there, is there anything that concerns any of you going into the new season? I think it's very... Some of the fans would say, for example, we need a striker. Oh, I disagree with that. It, some people would say that. It's very easy to go on social media and read a load of things that are not factual. Uh, and if you search for Aston Villa, you will get a completely different version of every player from a different person. And it can be one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah, Someone can be the greatest player in the world, we need to keep hold them, we need to instill confidence and they need to go, we need to get better and then it's 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 easy to go on social media and get an opinion that isn't factual and, and let things, you know, kind of disrupt your thought process in terms of what, what you know about football. So I, I think we just really need to get behind the team. I understand the frustration. I understand that, as I said at the start, that it's been a difficult few years for us, a very frustrating fr- few years for us because... We've shown that we're capable, but it's that consistency in our form. That was what killed us last season. Mm. We're just so inconsistent. We've got to have some form of consistency in our game and results. And that's all I ask for is some consistency. One thing that has absolutely frustrated the life out of me, probably in the last three or four years, is the team that turns up in the first half to the team that shows up in the second half. And never the same. The mentality is either one or the other. It's never... It's always we're absolutely unreal for 45 minutes, but then half-time comes, and I was rid- I'm riddled with anxiety because I don't know what team's coming in the second half. In well, you terms know if of- we've had a good half, you're, there's a bad half incoming. Yeah, exactly, and it, and it shouldn't be like that. Let's go out and play a consistent level of football and keep that level of football and push, push up the places that we know that we can do, and that's what I want to see some, uh, this year is some, some consistency in our form. It sounds stupid. Actually, it would have been quite easy to finish top eight, top nine in the last couple of seasons, mm. really. But the season before last, we probably sh- we should have yeah. done it. We got a high points yeah. total, didn't we? But you can just get that consistency. You can push up. Like, I look at West Ham. I actually think they're that much better than us. Really? Like, they've got Rice and Suge. No, I, I, honestly, you look at their yeah. squad. Mm. I don't yeah. think we're, we're a million miles away from West Ham. Are they? They've got Declan Rice. Well, we've now got our Declan Rice. Yeah, so Rose. we've now got a defensive midfield. Mm. I think there's just been little things that they've got that we haven't quite had because Declan Rice and Suchek give the rest of the team a platform to play and they protect the defence very well as well. So hopefully Kamara will do that, do that for Villa. But I look at West Ham who were flirting with the top six or even finishing the top six the last two seasons. I honestly don't think we're too far away from them. 
Yeah, I think what West Ham have been doing a lot better than us... Consistency. Is, ...is that consistency and that ability to keep going for 38 games. I think everyone knows that under Smith, when we lost Grealish in the back end of that season, it all just fell apart. And back end of last season as well, we won two of our last 13, I think it was, and both of those teams were relegated. Um, so I, I think it's... We faded in the back end of seasons... Maybe some of that was injury problems, losing we'd win a couple a few players. In a row and we'd lose four in a row or whatever. Ex- exactly. And I think that depth that we've added now will help us with that because there's so much more competition for place that we haven't had in the past. If players lose form, they're out of the team. And I think that, that will sort of discourage players from losing form. I know no one's doing it on purpose, but that'll push players to keep Does Gerard need to be stronger with that? Because I remember there was a point last season, I can't remember, maybe it was the Wolves away game, we lost and he said, there's going to be changes, and then the next game came around, it was, like, it was completely safe, it was the same team. So does Gerard need to be, need to be stronger with that? Yeah, I, I would say so, but I'd also say that Gerard had, I think he brought in two of his own players last season, so, you know, it wasn't his squad, so he didn't have that depth of players that, he liked he didn't have those guys that he could trust you know a lot of the backups had never played for him before really but for maybe a couple minutes here and there so I think it would be very difficult for him to put those players into the side whereas now he's brought in these new players that his own guys he's got players that he's used to playing with they're on the bench so he's got a bit more trust in the players that he'd be bringing in when he wants to make changes Is Michael Beale leaving a concern? Yeah I think Somewhat of a concern, but also it makes the season a little bit more exciting because I think Neil Critchley is that big sort of unknown replacement. Mm, fantastic! The fact that he's left us, you know, a senior management position in the championship, and I think he'd fairly recently um, sort of committed his long-term future to Blackpool. And yeah. I think they beat Blues four 0 or five 0 It's easily done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think he'll bring something slightly different. To what we've seen with Michael Beale and Steven Gerrard, you know, Emmy Martinez spoke about how big Beale's role was in the management team and said yeah. it's almost like having two managers, the way that Beale would take training sessions, um, do a lot of the tactics and that sort of thing, um, along with Steven Gerrard. So I think, while it's not like completely changing your manager, I think it's almost got that sort of sense about it, the fact that Critchley has come in. And from watching his Blackpool sides, from watching the way they play, I know he didn't have the same resources as Blackpool as he had at Villa, but I think you can see quite a lot of parallels between the football we saw at the end of last season and the way that Blackpool played in the fact that defensively they would sit off a little bit more but made themselves very, very solid. And then they would look to try and play out quite quickly, uh, quite direct, I'd say. And that's maybe, again, because they didn't have the quality of players and he was... And he did a very good job, by the way, of getting yeah, the best maybe. out of that Blackpool squad. I think he had the second lowest wage budget in the league last season, but managed to finish 17th, 16th, something like that. And so I think, I think we won't see too many changes tactically, but we'll see a, a different approach and a different interpretation of that playing style. And I think it's something that we could see a turn for the better from it. He was keen to come as well, wasn't he? Obviously, he's given up like that, a management position in the Championship. It's not a usual thing to happen, a, a, man, a manager to give up a role there to become assistant manager at a Premier League club. He knows Gerard. He's got a, he's got a qualification, I think, that only like 16 or 17 other, mani- mm. other manager or coaches have, yeah. have got. You know, Again, Villa just do things so well. They lose Michael Peel, which you're thinking, oh, this, this could yeah. be a little bit of a disaster. But then they, they pull in someone who you just don't expect, but in a coaching capacity. I don't think that... I think at the time of him leaving, it was a bit oof because we, we know that the, the talent that's in there with Michael Beale and what he's achieved in his uh, yeah, anyway, you know, coaching. Anyway, talks very highly of Absolutely, him. and I think he was a massive part of Gerard's uh, back team, uh, backroom staff. I think it was massively important, but the replacement really couldn't have been better. It's To, to go from a guy leaving to go and manage a team it, is the opposite. It's happened with Critchley, isn't it? He's... Yeah gone from managing yeah. the team to coming in as a, a number two. So to have Gerard McAllister and him, I, I'm happy. There's not much to complain about, which is a nice feeling because yeah. I'm used to being on, doing podcasts with you, Dan, and I feel like all we do is moan for an hour. That's what it's <laughs> on, isn't it? That's nothing to do with me usually. But let's do it then. Let's 
So Villa have got a cup final tomorrow. We've got to pick an 11. Let's go through and pick what we think Villa's best 11 is. Well, should we start with a formation? Go on, let's see if we can agree on a formation. Don't look at me, I ain't going first. Do the analytics you don't want to go? I'll, I'll go 4 3 3. Yeah, I think I'll 4 3 3 yeah, as well. I think it's got to be. Yeah. I'm waiting for Steve to pull out a variation yeah, of four. He's outvoted. I, I was thinking maybe... 4 2 we've overloaded wing-backs. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe you might see a bit of a 4-2-3-1 personnel-wise. But I think Gerard's preferred is a 4-3-3. Yeah. I think that all depends on who's available, personally. 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3. I don't think we're there to play a 4-2-3-1. I think if you play a 4-2-3-1, I think it has to be Louise and... I think you're looking for that. I think you're looking for that one other edition. If you're going to play the 4-2-3-1, what we were talking about, I think we're looking for that one other edition first. If you're playing a 4-2-3-1, I think Ramsey then becomes someone that you speak about in the three after striker, rather than being in the two. So technically, it probably doesn't make that much difference. Or the other thing to think about, you end up then having McGinn being really defensive. Yeah, I don't think... I think if you play 4-2-3-1, I don't think McGinn did the two. I think Louise would probably be better there. So are we agreeing on a 4-3-3 then for starting 11? Yeah, I think so. All right then. I think we probably... Goalkeeper, obviously, we know yeah, who that Martinez. is. Right back and left back, we know who that is as well. Mm-hmm. Are you going with? Uh, are you going Ludwig at left Even back? Even if I wanted to put him in the team, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be putting him in because I can't say his name, so I wouldn't be putting. So him is him this in our in. combined agreed eleven? Yeah, we'll do it. Okay. We'll do it between so us. So we've all agreed on eleven. Yeah, great start. Emmy's in goal. Right. Cash and right back. Um, yeah, putting Diego Carlos in there. Diego Carlos. Uh, okay, let, let, let's uh, let, let's Diego sort Diego the first Carlos. problem. Who's then the centre two? The two centre backs. Who are we going with? Left centre back, right centre back. I know I'm going with, but. Yeah, I know what I'm going with as well. Go on then. It's not so, so <laughs> there, boys. Are we talking about, are we talking about both here? Or just about left? Yeah, both. Let's okay, go so both. for me, it would be left centre-back Carlos and maybe a little bit controversial, but right really? centre-back it would be uh, Chambers. Really? Yeah. And I think and I think that's that's down to on form and I think players deserve to keep the shirt. And I, lo- I love Tyrone Mings. I absolutely love I'm surprised him. I thought you'd say Mings. No, I, I, I genuinely love Tyrone Mings. I think he's a great ambassador for the club and I think he's been brilliant for us. But... Um, he didn't have his best season last season and to be fair n- n- nor did Konza but no, Konza didn't at all I feel like Chambers since he's come in what, what has he done wrong and I mean in pre-season he's, he's been a great signing for a, full, for a third I just, centre back I just think I, think I feel like it's his shirt to lose personally so you're going Carlos and Chambers yeah Dan I can't I, 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 like, I like what Simon's saying but I can't, agree, I can't agree with it it'd be Mings for me Carlos and Mings I think it'd two be lefts, two left footed no, Carlos is right footed he just can play yeah. he can play on the left is he? but he is right left footed he uses his left foot pretty adeptly okay. yeah. as well he's, he's played left centre back more than he's played right centre back but I just think if you've got Mings next to Carlos I feel like some responsibility is taken away from him a little yeah. bit and I think you'll see a better Tyro Mings yeah. next to Diego Carlos that, that's what I'd do but I respect what Simon's saying what about you <sighs> we're going to go with a different centre back here aren't we yeah I think we are I'm right. going to go with Diego Carlos and Ezra Conza. Oh, yeah. I am, yeah. Um, I think it's very easy to point fingers at defenders when you've got... But you need to understand when we're attacking up the field, there's 10 players we have to get past before it gets to shooting at a goalkeeper. And we leak so much in the middle, it's probably very easy to make a mistake when you're up against it for such a long period of the game. And when you're getting pressed so hard to try and get out of the back... I think having those players in the middle of Kamara and Carlos, whose long ball uh, distribution are two very key attributes of who they are as footballers, I think you're going to see different. You're going to see different things from the centre backs that we haven't seen before because that pressure isn't going to be as welcomed in the middle of the field. So I'm going to go with Diego Carlos and Conza. I guess you've got the deciding vote then because we've all picked someone different. Yeah, Courtney well, yeah. no disrespect to your answer, Dan, but I'm sort of halfway between Simon and Ty in that I'm really undecided between Contra and Chambers, who I'd play alongside Diego Carlos. I think Carlos has played left centre-back for quite a few years now, quite consistently, so I don't think we would have signed him to put him on the right. I think if we were looking to sign a right centre-back, we'd have signed someone who's been playing there for the past few years, especially because the left centre-backs, I think, have that extra premium because they're a bit rarer. Yeah. Um, I, I like the arguments for concert and I like the arguments for Chambers. I would say right now, Chambers on form has probably got that shirt, 
But I don't see any reason why that can't be constant. And I don't see any reason why we can't rotate the centre-backs. It's one of those things, again, isn't it, where you look at your yeah. starting eleven, where you wouldn't be upset if... I don't think any variant of the four, mm. four that we, we mm. said would... No, no. You would look at it and be disheartened of, oh, here we go. I, I, don't I think th- some people would be on Twitter by <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they would. Either. But, as I said earlier, I don't think we'd all agree on a, the same starting eleven. Mm. one of us. No. And we, yeah. we can't even get past the defence. Yeah, and there's four doors. variants of defence <laughs> yeah. between the four of us. See, yeah. see, I, see, I think it's unlikely, though, that he'll... I know, I know that's my team and I'd say Chambers and Carlos but I think that's unlikely that, that that's what Gerard would pick yeah. I think he will go with what you said Dan I, think, I, it will, I well. think it will be Carlos and Mings I think so I think he'd find it tough to drop Mings in terms of his sort of leadership and yeah. I, I don't I, I don't see that happening but yeah from, from my perspective it's just that players that players that are playing well hold the shirt and, and for me Chambers is that one yeah of course do let us know in the comments who you think should be playing centre back We've already discussed Kamara at length. I'd say it's probably verbatim in the defensive midfield position. What a word that is, by the way, verbatim. <laughs> Big one for <laughs> you. Yeah, it doesn't even mean what I think it means. So yeah, he'll be playing. He'll be playing defensive midfield, and then in front of him, I still think it's probably McGinn and Ramsey at the moment. Steve. Yeah, I mean, I potentially be looking at Douglas Ruiz um, and Ramsey in front of him, or even perhaps Buendia. I think Buendia maybe like as an eight. I think he maybe lacks a bit of Coutinho positional an discipline. Mm-hmm, he did actually on, on the left of that three. Um, but I think with Buendia, it might take a bit of time to get him used to that position. But when you look at his skill set, you know, he can pass the ball, he can receive, move on quickly. And he's also a very good defender. He works really hard off the ball, covers more ground than any other Villa player. So I don't think there's any reason why he can't learn that position to fit him in there as well. You've got to give me a name there. I mean, I think the consensus across the board is going to be McGinn, so I'll say McGinn. Yeah, Ramsey and Kamara, I think we'd all pick then. Are you going McGinn or Louise or left I, I think I, It's really tough for me to give a solid three above and come, uh, two, so I've got to give a rotation of the three of them, McGinn on the left, and I think it between Jacob and Dougie on the right side. Simon? I think it'd be yeah, I think it'd be McGinn. McGinn and Ramsey will probably start the season, won't they? I'd like yeah. to think that with a proper defensive midfielder, maybe we'll see a bit more from McGinn. That's what I'm well, hoping I'd anyway. Hope, I'd hope he's further forward. I think when you see him for Scotland, he gets forward, he creates goals, he scores goals, and that's what you want to see him do down here. So I think he'll start McGinn. And, and to be fair, I think he, I think he'd be my choice as well. I like Louise, but I feel like he just flats the sleeve um, sometimes. And I prefer him as an eight to a six. Yeah, I do. Mm. I do. But um, yeah, for me, it would be McGinn and Ramsey. Okay. And then front three, then Simon, what would your ideal front three be? So this is where it gets tough. Um, my number nine would be Ollie Watkins. I think he offers more than Danny Ings personally. Um, I think Ings is probably a better finisher at the moment, but I just think all round game, I think Ollie, Ollie Watkins offers that little bit more. Um, Coutinho, obviously, I think he's first name in the team sheet, I think as we said it, so he's in there for me. Um, and maybe a little bit controversially, and I think just because of on, on form at the moment and how he's been in pre-season and he adds that little bit of a different dimension, I think I'll start with Bailey. I'm the same front three as you. I think that's what I'd pick at yeah. the moment. I just, I've got a feeling for Leon Bailey this yeah, season yeah. that he's going yeah. he's gonna, to he's gonna come good. He, he's such a good player. I was so excited when we signed him. And last season just wasn't a fair reflection on the, on the player that I know he is. So I think, yeah, yeah, start of the season at the moment, I think I'd go Bailey, Watkins and Coutinho as well. Yeah. And then, you know, you've got Brent and Ings to come on. That's, that's a great position it to is, be in. Yeah. What about you, Todd? I'm not going to be controversial and I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'll agree with you. Steve? I'm going to be controversial. Go on then. Um, Shaq. <laughs> I, want, I want Wendy in there as a rotation at least. Um, oh, you, you picked him twice. You picked yeah. Him twice. yeah, yeah. Number eight, number um, but I, th- I think that's what I'd see from Wendy, you know, being able to fit in a number of positions throughout the season. Um, but I would at least have him in there as a rotation option with Coutinho. Um, I want to see Bailey in there pretty much whenever he's fit because I think he brings us something that no one else in the squad can in terms of that pace and ability to run in behind. And then for me, 100% Ollie Watkins okay. up front. Yeah, I, I actually think, you know, Danny Ings, I think he got 13 goal contributions last season, but I think Watkins stretches teams a little bit more. But I think Watkins needs to improve his all-round game yes. from, from what he was last season. He's touched towards the back end of the yeah. season. Mm. He's better than that. I think he's better than what he showed at, at times last season. So, you know, he's had some, some finishing training and stuff. I saw some videos, some clips over the summer. I'm hoping he comes back a different prospect. And, you know, you've got Archer to come on yeah. as well. It's a, great, it's a great position to be in. But, yeah, I think for Watkins, he's, yeah, he's got to improve that finishing. Um, he's got to become that striker that scores sort of one in, one in two, one in three for us if we, if we really want to make progress. Quick finisher then, some quick predictions. So Villa's player of the season this year. Steve? Leon Bailey. Ooh, Ooh big. Ty? Ooh, 
Felipe. Felipe, Simon. Diego Carlos. Diego Carlos. Ooh. I'm going to go Luca Dean. I've already said that on Twitter. Mm. He ended the season very well. I think he'll uh, he'll have a lot of assists this season, Luca Ooh. Dean. <laughs> okay. Uh, young, young player, I guess Ramsey again. I'll go yeah. with Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, he could. Ramsey. Yeah, Ramsey. Top goal scorer. Oli. How many? 18. 18, that's big. I was going to say Oli 17. I'll touch me. Oli 17. Uh, Watkins 14. I was going to go 14 as well, so I'll do, I'll do the same. Oli 14 and league position. Where do you see us at the moment? You're making me go first every time. Ooh. I'll say ninth. Ninth. Tight. Eighth. Eighth. Simon. Ninth. Ninth. I'm going to go eighth as well. And a cup. Eighth and a cup. That's what we I'll want. That. We want eighth, eighth and a trip to the green. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my man. man. FA Cup is coming home. I'd take finishing 12th, 13th and winning a cup, in all honesty, mm. and getting into Europe. I just want to win a trophy. So thanks ever so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to like it if you have enjoyed it. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel with your post notifications on. Thanks to Luke Roper for sponsoring the show today. And don't forget, if you do want to get 20% off their collection, all the gear on the Luke Roper website, it's code TVV20. Well, you won't be able to get the Nathan Door stuff, but you'll be able to get 20% off everything else. Sports Social Podcast Network.